Jesus' Sermon on the Mountain in Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, and according to the Matthew chapter 5, seems like Jesus' ministry so successful because Jesus had many crowds, uncountable crowds around of him. So Jesus' Sermon on the Mountain was just saying the high point in his ministry. However, this assuming is based on the worldly perspectives on success. Go by number. Jesus saw the crowd and he went to a mountainside and sat down and the disciples came to Jesus and Jesus began to teach the disciples primarily. And the large crowds were in the background listening in. After I attended California Nevada's pastor's conference last Monday and Tuesday, I just realized that this world-famous preaching from Jesus is not popularly re-preached among Wales churches. Could be bias in there, but one pastor was assigned to present his paper. The title was The Exegetical Study of the Beatitudes, so which is this Sunday's gospel reading. But not many pastors pick this text as their sermon text. So among many brothers, according to my research, I'm a few who bravely pick up this text for preaching. Pastors agreed on that there are too many big topics to preach in 20 minutes. If we have to preach, it better be the sections like a series. And there are also a couple concerns with the beatitude. It's like a statement of blessings on whether it is gospel or law and gospel and law. One of the main heritage of Welsh churches is preach the gospel. However, this famous Jesus' preaching seems to be full of law, and then the attitude is perhaps most misunderstood in churches in the world right now. Perhaps a preacher says, you listen it and follow it, then you will be blessed. The People's Bible, the book says, quote, no one who hears and reads this sermon by itself, apart from the rest of the Scripture, will come to an understanding of the Christian faith. Let us make it clear today, as we learned from BIC and Catechism class, the law has three functions. The first one is curb, so protect our lives. And the second one is mirror, reflecting yourself and make you humble and make you penitent. And then third, guide. But the third function, it says, you see that uh, I circled it, guide for who? Christians. Among three functions, first and second, a mirror and curve work for all the people, but the guide, the last one, is only work for the Christian. What it means, at night you sail your boat on the shore. There is a light from the lighthouse. But only who trust and believe the light can safely be guided by it. You saw the light, if you not trust it, it's not going to work for you. Sermon on the Mountain is fully the third function of the law. Jesus preached this sermon for believers like you and me to guide their steps, to guide our steps from this world to heaven. As a believer, the beatitude, 
not only show my sins, but it also show my Savior. And then one of my seventh grader, Sidney, can say, wait a minute, Pastor, you says the law is SOS, show our sins. And the gospel, SOS, show our Savior. But now you're saying it like, seems like full of the law, and then you say, I could see the gospel, Jesus through it. Let me explain briefly. When you see the stained glass, what do you see? Only colors? Can you see Jesus through that stained glass? Answer? Yes. When you say yes, which means you know the meaning of Lamb of God and the cross and the, all the dove, the Holy Spirit came down to this world, which means you have faith in it, you have heavenly knowledge to understand it. So same stained glass work differently for the believers, for the non-believers. Today, the beatitude, the blessings, is on the disciples like you who already has heavenly knowledge in Jesus Christ. Only someone who has faith in Jesus can fully understand the beatitude because Jesus Christ is the one who can make these blessings possible among us. On the mountain, Jesus' main listeners were believers. If we do not keep in mind who was the audience and the purpose of Jesus had, the beatitude can be misused to build up our own self-righteousness, and they may think they can earn the kingdom of God by their laborious obedience. Generally, the law, the law gives us the guideline of life, so law's basic structure is do or don't do, then you will be blessed or punished. However, the first part of the Sermon on the Mountain should be read backward. That's what I want to try today. Because all the root and origins of blessings comes from your faith in Jesus Christ. Not from our own contributions or coordinating with the Lord. It is just given to us. What is the cause and what is the effect of these passages? Cause is your faith as God's grace. And the believer's godly living is as a fruit of faith, which is effect, not vice versa. True believers are always pro in spirit, even though we have already tasted the kingdom of heaven here. But the real kingdom of heaven is not yet. Believers cannot be rich in spirit by self-sufficient, and the believers must always fix our eyes on Jesus' cross. So let us meet the beatitude with this perspective. First, it is primarily preached for believers for giving a guidance for their godly life in this simple world. And second, by faith, we are so blessed. How? We have inherited the kingdom of God and comforted and have inherited the, the earth and filled with grace and mercy, have seen the mercy on us and see God and called as sons of God. And again, we are inherited the kingdom of God. Let's read all together the verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. By faith, we have inherited the kingdom of heaven already today, but not yet. Therefore, we can live with our poor in spirit status. 
poor in spirit is status which we acknowledge our sickness and sins and helplessness, so it is a guide to repent. And in verse 4, saying, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. By faith we are comforted by God, and the status of the poor in spirit brings repentance. And repentance brings mourning by seeing our separation from Lord and us. The Holy Spirit gives us the penitent heart, so our repentances with griefs are removed by our Lord's forgiveness. And verse 5 saying, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. By faith we are, we will inherit the earth. Therefore, we can show our meekness, humbleness to others. God is the provider. Inheritance of the earth can be considered as coming new heaven and new earth after Jesus come again. But how about our lives now? Here, our Lord fill our need in this world. He is the provider. Jesus was providing for his disciples, and he continuing those providing to us now. And verse 6 saying, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. By faith, we are filled with grace and mercy of God. Therefore, we are eagerly looking for the righteousness in this dark world. Are we done yet? Why don't we close the door and secure our salvations from harmful world if the enemy outside is so dangerous? But Lord, fill us with his mercy and grace so that we may grow and go with the truth to the world. Again, when is the last time you talk about Jesus to others? I'm going to keep asking you. When is the last time you're talking about Jesus? St. Paul clearly shares his story how he obeyed Jesus' preaching on the mountain, is my perspective. In the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 12 and 14 says, Not that I have already obtained all these or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I could see his well-balanced life. He already blessed in this world, and he will be blessed in the heaven already and not yet. Verse 7, saying, Blessed are the merciful, for they will. We will be shown mercy of God. Therefore, we can be merciful to others. We may often see the Lord's followers Mercy by assistance to fellow believers. So I'm one of the most beneficiary in this church. Since I'm a pastor, I got your mercy almost every day. 
but never excluding the neighbors and enemies outside. Our mercy is an attitude into action. Our good Lord displays his mercy through us to the world, and our Lord displays his mercy to us. And verse 8, saying, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. By faith, we will see God. Therefore, we may have a pure heart. We do not live by sight, but by faith. We already see God in his word. Especially, we see God through his fulfilled promise, Jesus Christ. We will see God in face-to-face encounter in heaven, which is not yet come. Verse 9 saying, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. By faith, we are called sons of God. Therefore, we are the peacemakers. Jesus himself is the prince of peace. Jesus gave us true peace, which the world cannot give. Jesus urges us, Hey, go out, my children. Let your brightness, which means Jesus, shine in the darkness. Let your saltiness, which means Jesus, add real taste in the tasteless, like hopeless world. We are blessed. Are you children of God? I mean the child of God. Because you're a peacemaker? No, I don't think so. You are child of God because of your faith, then you could live as a peacemaker in the world. Verse 10, saying, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. By faith we inherit the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, we are persecuted for the righteousness. Even though Jesus' disciples strived to make peace, Jesus did not promise to them the peace in this world. Jesus says he came to this world for the division. What was the worst anyone could do to a Christian? Persecution. They could crucify us as they did to Jesus, and they can put us to death and remember our brother, St. Paul says, he say in the prison, be with Christ, which is better by far. He means, I want to die now. I want to call to heaven, go to heaven. My life is done here. I did my job as an apostle. We know that after death, we will be with the saints of all and then the triune God. And we are not afraid of death or any persecutions. For the righteousness of God. In the final two verses, Jesus explained in specific application to his apostles sitting at his feet. Let's read all together. Saying, blessed are you when people insert you, persecute you, and falsely say all kind of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. By faith, we rejoice and glad. Therefore, we are not afraid of devil's hard work in the world. Persecution for Jesus will be a reason for joy. 
every blessing came to us by faith. And faith is 100% gift from God to us. Therefore, the reward in heaven also 100% God's grace. It is the rewards of glory for his faithful followers. How can we endure persecutions, inserts, and all kind of evil? Our good Lord will make us possible to endure. Fixing your eyes on Jesus and trust the Lord and his revealed promise through the word of God. Jesus became the perfect example of righteous life for us. That's why we say we imitate Jesus' life and we only can do it because of our faith in him. Jesus, he showed us his attitude toward God the Father. Therefore, we can live being poor in spirit, in mourning, and meekness, hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Jesus, he showed his actions toward the people. Therefore, we can be merciful, pure in heart, and be peacemakers. And Jesus, he showed us his reactions toward the opponent, toward the world. Therefore, we can endure the persecution and even love those who persecute us. Jesus, he wants to see your joys in the hope and promise while we live in this earth. Therefore, we can live our life with true joys. As a conclusion sentence, I made a couple words over there. It's based on the Matthew 5. I changed the order. Can you read? Okay, let's do it one by one. By faith, we are blessed because we have inherited the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, we are poor in spirit. By faith, we are blessed because we are comforted. Therefore, we mourn for the sins of the world by faith. We are blessed because we have inheritance of the earth. Therefore, we are meek by faith. We are blessed because we are full in God's love and grace. Therefore, we are hungry and thirsty for righteousness by faith. We are blessed because of revealed mercy of God. Therefore, we are merciful to others. By faith, we are blessed because we can see God. Therefore, we are pure in heart. By faith, we are blessed because we are the children of God. Therefore, we are peacemakers. By faith, we are blessed because we have inherited the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, we are persecuted because of righteousness. By faith, we are blessed with an amazing reward, which is the joy of salvation today and at the heaven. Therefore, we can joyfully, hopefully, endure the persecutions. Amen. Let's do the prayer of confession. Lord, you have made us glad by your presence with us. You have granted us unending blessings, yet we have strayed like lost sheep. We long for your salvation, Lord. 
deliver us from our ingratitude for your blessings revealed in our self-centered attitudes, words, and actions. Hear our cry for the sake of Jesus, our Messiah. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. We are forgiven. Receive God's peace. Blessed are we indeed in the Christ of God. Amen.